Hey, welcome back to Four for the Road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock. We're here with Tragic One Percenter. We're here with Drifter, and we got Andar with us today, my annoying big brother. Uh, today, we are going to discuss pop-up clubs. I know last episode, we told you guys we were going to talk a little bit about bikers' rights and profiling. Um, we just had uh, some experiences come up where we felt like we needed to address this more so than the bikers' rights, and it's also going to give us a little bit more time to prepare some notes and to give you guys a higher quality show about bikers rights and stuff that you could do to combat the entities that see to see our demise. Um, so I want to stop, start off with the Oxford dictionary's definition of pop-up and kind of give you an explanation of why we use that specific term to describe these MCs. It's to appear suddenly or unexpectedly. Um, the reason we use that is because those clubs do just that. You know, you're, you go to your COC meetings if you're a part of that or, you know, you're just out on the set and you see a bunch of different clubs. And then all of a sudden you just see this new club, like eight different dudes in it um, that you've never seen before. You've never seen these men. You've never seen the patch. And it's just kind of weird. Um, and we're also going to go into discussions um, about why you shouldn't fucking do that. Um, so we're going to start off with Andar. Uh, Andar, so my question to you is how... Do legitimate motorcycle clubs that are blessed off either through their COC, through their dominant, or through both, um, why, how is that viewed by legitimate MCs, these pop-up clubs? Wait, what, when did this turn into an interview? I thought we all just got to talk. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Hey, I want to say real quick, though, you, you, know, you brought up a good point about the profile and stuff like that, just for the people that have tuned in before they tune us out. Um, you know, the reason, another reason why we pushed it back was because we really like, you know, we have some heavy hitters in the profiling scene in the community that we really want to make sure that we can get for you guys that are, are going to be able to, to talk far more intelligently than, than I. Um, and so I hope you guys will definitely, uh, tune in and check that out when we get those guys. But that's another reason why we pushed it back, um, as well is because we want to make sure that we're bringing, um, experts in, or at least, you know, bringing you guys the absolute best that we can, um, when we talk about a subject as important as motorcycle profiling. So now that I said that, um, what was your question? <laughs> um, so how do legitimate clubs um, see, like, how do legitimate clubs view pop-up clubs in the motorcycle club community? Well, you know, I think this all started, I mean, you know, the, the elephant in the room, this started because of a post that we made um, where there was a few people that, that got called out. And, you know, I, I'm of the opinion, um, not anybody agrees with me, that sometimes, you know, a call out is whatever. Uh, but a lot of times it detracts from kind of the message or the point that we're trying to get across. But, you know, the point was that that somebody had a a, a prospect with a diamond um, that shouldn't have been wearing it and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it kind of got us going on to these different topics and something that we wanted to um, to touch on today. And and like I said, I think these are important topics to, to get at. And you know, when you're talking about legitimate clubs and, and all this stuff, you know, the argument always comes back to these, you know, for these guys that are starting in this new club that, oh, well, so-and-so back in the 40s did it this way. In the 50s, they did it this way. In the 60s, they did it that way. And you know what? You're absolutely right. Uh, I'll tell you, you're right. The, sometimes protocol was a lot different than what we saw in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, et cetera. But the shitter's full, man. Like, we're, you know, for lack of a better term, like, we've got everything that we need. If you're in your area and you can't find a legitimate club in your area, I don't, A, I don't believe you. And B, I think the problem might be you. And C, you live in, like, the rarest area then that I've ever heard of because there's literally something for everybody now in every area because of our forefathers, whether we 
agree with it, like it, that's that's the state that we're in right now. We're we're full, man. Um, and I think you know when when you try to to birth something into an area that's already full, you're just you're gonna rub people the wrong way. You there's gonna be a people are gonna look at you whether or not you're the most legit dude in the world. They're gonna wonder why didn't you prospect for another club? Why are you bringing this into this area? You know what is your ulterior motive? Like I just, I, you know, like we hit on in, in some of our posts and stuff like that. There's just what's the benefit of bringing this new thing into this area? So I want to I want to kind of touch on something you said there. You said that there's there's something out there in your area for everybody, and I completely agree with that. Um, I remember having a conversation with uh, with a cat in the inbox for uh, in Sucker Free that he said, "Well, there's only one club in my area," and that might be true if you're looking inside just your zip code or just your area code. Um, I know that there are. Other clubs, and you know, we did a little bit of research. I believe this was kind of a team effort as well. We did a little bit of research to find out that, hey, man, there's like 40, 50 different fucking clubs inside of your county. You're just not willing to go ride to them. You know, you're not willing to ride 45 an hour to go prospect for another club. You want something that's down the street, and that's a problem. You know, let's let's if that's the case and you think that there's nothing in your area, I want you to sit down and I want you to make a list on what you bring to the table, what you're looking to accomplish with your club. Give me reasons why you don't feel like it's in that area. And and after doing this, if you're still convinced that you're that you're right, then okay, maybe. Well, I guarantee if you if you sit down and make this list of, of what's close by, like you said, what's 30 minutes down the road versus what you think you're bringing to the table that's never been done before, I just I don't buy it. I think there's there's enough out there. I mean, I, I really don't buy it, especially when there's people like you out there that wrote 18 hours to have a couple of beers with me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I rode to gym first, but we're splitting hairs. Yeah, yeah. But oh, oh, yeah, that's right. You rode the eighteen hours to get away from me. That's what it was. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> so, hey, uh, so, so, Drifter, we're gonna go over to you. Why do you think? Why do you think people just throw these pop-up clubs? Because they think it's easy. They think the hardest part of all of that is just designing the little patch and coming up with a cool guy name, which is usually some super macho we're the death dealer motherfuckers or some shit like that uh in reality to start a new club is 10 times fucking harder than it is to join an existing well-established club by far in a way i just i just want to i just want to throw a little thing in there that was not a shot at the death dealers motorcycle club in san diego because i know a couple of them listen to us oh, no, dude. <laughs> that was not that that oh. was just the first macho name that came to mind <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> well, so all right, I and I, I completely agree with you. What what are you, what are your thoughts on that, Tragic? Like, why why do people do it? I mean, there's there's the standard ones that you know pop up. Um, it, one of them is fear of prospecting, not wanting to go through the process of that. Um, the other one is is and what I think is and to me honestly, I think most of them are fear based. Um, you know, a lot of guys who want to do a pop up have no MC experience, right? They, uh, they think it's cool, yeah. they get their first bike. A lot of them are vets, you know, not picking on on, on the, the, a lot of them are active duty a lot of times. You know, I'm, I'm in an area where there's, there's a, a base and uh, we see it all the time. Um, and, and, you know, and I don't know if the listeners are aware, but obviously I'm, I'm part of a, a major 1% club. Um, and so this comes across our, our table a lot, you know, guys who, 
you know, we get, you know, from other clubs like, hey, man, have you guys seen these guys? Did you guys say this is cool? You know, and uh, it, we see it just a ton. And I think some of it is is just lack of knowledge and knowing what's what's, uh, you know, how to go about it because they don't have any MC experience. There's, you know, young kids a lot of times and they they get their bike and they think they're going to go be Jack's teller. You know what I mean? Um, and I think the other aspect of it is um, also fear based. It's a, uh, and it's not fear like they're afraid of somebody. It's a, they're afraid to come out of their comfort zone. They're afraid to come out of their their shell and go through things the right way. I can just make my own club, make my own rules, do whatever, and I don't got to go and meet anybody new and introduce anybody new. It's just going to be me and my buddies, and we'll answer to none, and we'll think this is cool. Instead of having to come up and, and say, you know, hey, what's up, you know, uh, Mr. One Percenter, we'd like to do this. Or, hey, what's up to the COC? Like, well, this is who we are and actually have to put some effort into it. So I think it's a combination of fear and laziness a lot of times. Fear and lazy. I, yeah, I, I really like that. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of it has to has to do with just ignorance. Um, kind of Kind of like what you were saying at the tail end there. Um, oh, well, I'm in America. I'm, I'm in the land of the free. I could do what I want. When in reality, motorcycle clubs really aren't about freedom. Uh, tragic. I think you were the one that wrote an article about that. How free, tell me how free I am. Yeah. When, yeah. We're, when we're walking into a world that has more rules than I think than regular quote unquote polite society, for lack of a better term, you know, where in polite society, I could just walk into somewhere, not make eye contact with anybody grab what I need to grab and walk out. Whereas in our world, it's a little different where if I notice somebody's wearing a patch, it's kind of etiquette that I go over there. I introduce myself you to know, this man. We hit on it in the, in the comments of that one post too, that, that kind of blew up and had to argue and too. we hit like, you know, like, like tragic said about the vet stuff and, and, you know, three of us in here are, are vets and stuff like that. Like you didn't earn a patch because you served. like what you earned was a set of standards. that says, you know what you are, or should be you you are expected to know how to do things the right way how to conduct yourself and that doesn't mean that you're born just because you are whatever you served in the military that you know everything there is to know about mcs but you understand the discipline the structure the rules aspect the the, the protocol the, the certain things that we deal with in a minute kind of like that day-to-day basis and then those little minute details in the military that's what you're earning by saying that i'm a vet and now i'm interested in a motorcycle club you didn't earn freedom to like shut up <laughs> you didn't earn yes. freedom to just throw on this stupid ass patch you earned freedom to say somebody that's not a vet say tragic one percenter is not a vet so you earn the idea to him that you know what this is a good dude that i'm gonna bring around my club because he's gonna understand how to conduct himself that is the only thing you've earned is a higher set of expectations to do it right and not shit backwards on the community yeah. yes so right. one of the oh, issues oh, with, the, with the vet thing just to touch on that also is that in my experience, um, most motorcycle member, uh, motorcycle club members, including many members of my club, are veterans. So there's not that excuse that it's not all vets across the board. I've got a ton of brothers who are vets, um, but there is sometimes those guys. You know, every every group and every demographic has got some fucking idiots in it, and uh, included you know vets. And there's guys that they forget that. Hey, maybe you're not the only vet, and they for some reason think that that they're special compared to the rest of, of you know the motorcycle scene, and forget that they're actually not as rare as they think they are. There's a ton of vets who are in the motorcycle scene. 
Hey, I have a I have a question real quick for the group. I have a question for the group. Do you think, and just your own personal opinion, I have nothing to back this up. Uh, do you think that vets are the worst offenders of of the pop up thing that we're seeing, or the yes. the not the create your own club, not wanting to prospect? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, if I could say it again, it's yes. Veterans fucking suck. This is coming from a Navy veteran, right? Veterans fucking suck when it comes to this shit. Cause I mean, and you just you just blew over everything that I was gonna say about that, about veterans in this this type of club. Is oh no, I've I've fucking I've been to Iraq, you know, eighteen million fucking times, and I shot eight eight million fucking terrorists in the face. Cool man, but you never wore a prospect hat. It's different. It's not the same. You know, like tragic said, there's a lot of vets out there doing it the right way. But I think when you look at, and we're not talking about all vets, we're talking about the ones that are kind of messing up the community or doing it the wrong way that we would consider. Yes. I think that most of those are, are a lot of them are, are vets. Exactly. And that's, and that's what I'm, and that's what I'm speaking on is those dudes that feel entitled because they did however many deployments to the desert or they, you know, they went on this many cruises in the Navy or this many lunch breaks in the air force you know, they, <laughs> they, you know, they have this sense of entitlement of, oh, I just, I already earned my stripes because I was in the military. When your military service has dick to do with this, you know, there's, there's uh, special warfare operators, there's special boat team guys, there's fucking rangers, there's MARSOC cats that prospect, um, hey. a really well-respected member of the community hey. in Southern, uh, Southern hey. California. What? What's up? Drifter, as somebody that was one of these 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 legitimate pipe hitters, as somebody that has been to a top tier of the service, how do you feel about about this? I'd like to hear more from you. First of all, you know I'm old and fat, right? You know that, right? Well, yeah, you're old fat now. Old, fat, and dangerous. He's dangerous as shit. I think what a lot of people missing here, you know they're not realizing that motorcycle club culture is an honor-based society. So anthropologically speaking, that's why we have all these rules. Because if you go back, you know, you talk about the hillbillies back in the South, you know, always getting into these feuds because they had, that's why the South has all these rules about you always ask about your mama and them before you get into it. You never directly insult somebody, you know, motorcycle clubs have the same thing because they're both honor bound societies. Whenever you walk into a room and there's other clubs there, you go and introduce yourself and you do it a certain way so that it covers, it stops all problems before they start. Because we are an honor-based society, meaning if you dishonor me, if you disrespect me, there's going to be consequences. And nobody wants to deal with the huge amount of consequences that fall. So whenever you just pop up out of fucking nowhere, that's a huge insult to all the other honor-based MCs that are already in place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Drifter, I want to hear from you on this one, man. What? What, what, what side effects? And then, and then, uh, never mind. So what, what side effects do you think pop-up clubs have on this community besides just disrespecting the MC community? Talking like from, from a civilian standpoint, somebody oh, that's never okay. been in a motorcycle club, never been around them. What kind of side effects do you think that being a pop-up club brings to all of us? because of that well i could tell you one thing right now so let's say there is that rare case and i know a few situations where there really is a hole in the mc 
seen in that area, and it needs to be there. There could be a new club to fill that. Okay, it's very, very rare. And if you think you have it, you're probably wrong. But because there are so many pop-ups all over the place, when a real legitimate brand new club does try to get started, it makes it ten times harder. You know, so all these pop-ups they're diluting the, the scene and, and and the process. And let's face it, civilians whenever they look at motorcycle clubs, they all assume, well, those guys are health angels because that's the only word they know. So when you get a pop-up guy that doesn't know how to follow the <laughs> if you guys could see the video right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're all laughing. <laughs> I think Drifter's pretty on point with with the with the you know the honor based you know and and watering it down for other clubs, um, and it's also kind of like um, you know when when you're not taught the right way and you develop bad habits and then you pass those bad habits down along to other people. You know what I mean? So if you have a club that didn't start out the right way and they didn't do it the right way and then they they don't teach their guys the right way as they start up. Um, and it, it, for me, for, you know, a unique perspective, obviously, um, being from the, the 1% side, um, you know, some people look at it like we're being bullies and, uh, controlling what people can do. And like, you know, you talked about that freedom thing and, and saying what we can wear and what not wear. And I look at it more as, is I'm not just being a dick and saying, you can't wear this, you know, because of this or whatever. I look at it as for when you're on the 1% side, you're, um, you're you're charged with the responsibility of trying to keep this honor-based uh, society and counterculture um, intact and pure. You know, you're you're kind of at the top of the heap, and so you need to do everything you can to preserve it. And part of that is going through these policies and protocols and making sure people are doing things the right way and not watering the culture down for everybody else. I really yeah, like that. I agree. And- and I really like that you brought it up that we're like, you know, 1% clubs are not trying to be dicks about it. It's just kind of like, hey, man, like, we, we've we've got enough. There's there's plenty for you to pick from. You know, sorry, but as... as can, we, uh, can, we piggyback off of, uh, can we piggyback off of Tragic for, for a minute here? He had mentioned something earlier, and I'd love if he, you know, without giving away trade secrets, I always say... Give us a little bit. I think the readers or the listeners would love a little bit more insight. Like you said, you know, a lot of times when, when these new clubs want to get started and you see it kind of come across your table or they come to you, you know, and, and shake hands and introduce themselves and stuff. You know what from your end of it as that that one percenter as sort of maybe that, that that gatekeeper or somebody that's looking to enforce standards and traditions and protocol. You know, when it comes across your table like that, what is something that that maybe you guys, you know, you and your brothers talk about, or how do you view it? You know, give the give the give the listeners some kind of insight on, on what you're. I don't, I don't know if judging is not necessarily the, the right word, but you kind of get what I'm saying at here. Like, what does it? You know, what does your end look like when it comes across your table? Um, I, I can tell you for for me personally, um, the way the way my thought process works is. Um, you know, I'll be I'll be honest. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a, there's an aversion at first, 
and, and it's like you said, shooters full. There's a lot out there, and I, I'm immediately going to be biased and be like, why is there, you know, it, 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 I almost always am going to look at it like you're just trying to avoid the prospecting, you're trying to avoid the hard work, and let's be honest about it, most new clubs that start do not make it past the five-year mark, okay? It's just a fact, and it's, it's not going to, why do I want to put as much effort into making sure, you know, that, that we do all the right things on our end to make sure that, you know, we, we approve everything and, and make sure that it's, it's not going to cause conflict in the motorcycle scene. Um, why would I want to uh, even have to deal with that if you're just going to fold in, in a few years anyways? So um, so that's one of the things I think about. Um, the other is is that, um, you know, when we think about it, it's, you know, uh, example, like I, we talked about earlier, like do they know how to do things the right way? And I'll, and I'll give an example. We had one like that not long ago. Um, the guys didn't even know how to come up and shake hands. You know what I mean? And and I look at, hey man, I'm, I'm a father. I've already raised my kids. Uh, I don't need to go and explain to a young man who's who's a, a, a active duty why it's important to have to sit there and shake someone's hand and then you want to be able to be a patch like right from the get-go you know what i mean so it's it's uh, there's there's steps going through the life and you're trying to skip straight to the back of the you know to the top of the to the heap and be accepted and and those things are things that i think about why why would i be yes versus no so i kind of i kind of want your um your input on that as well, Tragic. Like, why do you feel, um, like, what, 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 what kind of negative side effects do you think that that brings from like the civilian perspective to us? This is a complicated. This this counterculture is is complicated. Um, there is a lot of rules to our lifestyle, and none of it's on paper. There's no manual. I can't hand you a book and say, here, kid, you want to get into the scene? Here's all the things you need to go and learn. Because it varies. It varies county to county. It varies state to state. You know, it varies, um, you know, w- without diving too much into uh, politics. It varies, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, color origin of clubs, you know, uh, culture of each clubs. Uh, there's a lot of different factors that go into play. And... Uh, those are all super complicated, uh, and I don't want them to. Uh, man, shit! I lost my try. <laughs> I lost my train of thought on that one. So I kind of want to. I kind of want to give my two cents on this part. Um, like why it's bad is you. You guys are doing great. You guys are going like really deep into it, and why why it's bad. Um, I I look at it from a much shallower perspective. Um is that you get these guys that throw on the patch for whatever reason, whether it's out of, you know, like Tragic said, whether it's out of fear of prospecting or, you know, they don't want to pay dues or you get these spike clubs. <laughs> you get these spike clubs that pop up because, you know, this guy was a prospect and then he got kicked out of the club or he he couldn't hang, whatever, so he just made his own shit. So you get these clubs that nobody's ever prospected in or if they have, they didn't make it all the way to a full patch status. Um, they don't understand protocol. They run around town acting like jackasses because they watched every Sons, every Sons of Anarchy and every episode of Mongol or uh, fucking Mayans that's out there. <laughs> I caught uh, that. 
I caught that slip. I'm a little. Hey, I'm I'm also a little drunk. Nope. My my apologies. My apologies. Freudian slip there. Hashtag, eh? hashtag support your local Mongols. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so they want to they run around. They act like these jackasses, and they want to act like they're Billy badasses, and they're extremely rude and disrespectful when. I've seen the most scary-looking, big, bad motherfucking one-percenter, like, literally stop his bike to help some chick, you know, pick up her, her, her groceries out of the grocery bag that fucking burst on this fucking side of the corner. Out of no reason just to fucking help her, you know? Trying to get those numbers. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, but, hey, I have a question. hey, I have a question for Drifter. I have a question for Drifter. Um, but first, I want to piggyback off of something that uh, Punk Rock just said. I think, and I speak for myself here, for, for guys that are out there blaming, you know, sometimes we see them in the inbox, for the comments, like they're blaming Sons of Anarchy, they're blaming the Mayans, they're blaming clubs that um, maybe advise on those shows. To me, that's just a cop-out, and that's a bitch move, and, and knock it off. Like, I don't blame a TV show because it's not up to, it's not up to Jax Teller, and it's not up to um Rocco Vargas and Mayans or anything like that to 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 teach these guys what the right way is that's up to me and that's up to you and that's up to everybody that's going to interact with them on the on the scene on the motorcycle club scene to teach these guys the right way if they're learning their stuff from a tv show but you know too often we're going to pass the buck to Kurt Sutter and tell him it's his fault when it's ours because we want to just avoid them don't you don't have to beat everybody up but sometimes a beer a handshake and, and telling this kid what he's doing wrong goes a lot farther than anything kurt sutter is going to teach him and i think that's a responsibility that's that's on us and and my question for drifter is again without getting too much into into operating procedures here but as somebody that's kind of been involved with not not a new club but a chapter expansion of a club and something like that in there what was that like for for you uh, doing that and, and bringing that into an area the correct way so first of all, they differ from club to club. In my club, and you're looking at a three to five year process to open up a new chapter. And this chapter that you're talking about was was only 150 miles from another chapter. Um, so first of all, you got to do all your homework. It's it's very similar to starting up a new club in that you have to introduce yourself, not just to the power brokers, but to everybody. You know, it can't be any surprises when you do show up and you got to do all this homework and all this talking and all these introductions before you start flying patches in that area. Right. And you let everybody know what's going to happen before it happens. It just takes a long process and you work out any problems before they even arise. You know, um, it's much easier to do a new chapter than it is a new club because other people can look to the other chapters and see how this club operates and that it's not a pop-up. It's just expanding. Hey, so, can, can I can I add something to that, Drifter? Um, you did say without patches, and I, I, I'm a big believer in that. What I would throw in there is without soft colors as well because that's still – like you're, you're, you're towing the line at that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, however your club does it, you just have to make sure before you start flying patches that everybody knows what's happening and all the problems are solved and everybody's been notified. Uh, I, I kind of, I, I know we said we weren't going to call anybody out, uh, but this isn't in a bad way. Um, in my former region, uh, I'm not, I'm not part of a dominant club, um, not a one percenter, not cool, um, but 
we we did have one club, um, and I will mention them by name. It's called Some Good Boys, and I'll be honest, not a big fan of the name, not a big fan of the patch, but it's none of my business. Um, they did it right. You know, they they showed up with with just blank fucking vests on. You know, they 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 did, they, they went out, they bought their shit, and then they showed up to the events and hey, look, like this is kind of what we want to do, and they hung out for months and months and months and months not wearing shit, just going around introducing themselves. And it was kind of easy to fucking figure out because it's those dudes that were always bumping fucking flogging Molly and dropkick Murphy's because um, they were just a bunch of fucking Irish boys that I really appreciated. You know, like that's that's kind of how you go about it. You know, we're going to touch on that in a little bit and kind of like how the four of us, if we were going to give advice to somebody um, that are that's going to start a club against our, our better judgment here, you know, if you're going to start a club, like, how would you go about it? Well, so, hey, let's let's get into that because, like, you know, like again, picking picking somebody like like Tragic's brand. And I'm not saying that Tragic uh, enforces everything in in all of his area, but I'm saying even as somebody that's going to be noticed because he's a one percenter and he's like seven eight, you know, people are going to look to him for that nod of approval and and things like that. And so, like, from somebody in that, what do you want to call it without? without stroking his ego, but a power position, um, a position of, of height just to see kind of what's going on in the scene around him and stuff like that. Like, are you seeing when guys come up to you, come to your table or, or <laughs> just in area, are they coming? Are they coming slick back? Are they coming as just, Hey, these are five friends and I'm wearing my Dixon flannel right now because I want to come the right way. Are they taking those baby steps? We would, would highlight as you know slick no color something like that to maybe soft colors um to finally maybe best the small tab and kind of moving through these steps and things like that are they doing it that way or is it are you immediately seeing the guys that are like hey look at this sweet patch i just designed you know it, it varies um in, in my area um what i have noticed is that it's guys trying to fly under the radar you know and and, and this is why i say that a lot of times i think it's it's a uh, it's a fear-based. Obviously, I come from a club um, that is uh, has a fairly notorious reputation. Uh, you know that, that is well known, um, and uh, you know, and for for lack of a better uh, definition, uh, you know, equally feared as it is respected um, by guys who don't know any better. They think sometimes that. Everybody with the patch on that I come from um, is, you know, a bad guy and going to hurt them, you know, the first chance they get for some reason. And it's not, um, uh, you know, uh, just as a little background, you know, I, I work in a profession where I literally take care of people, um, you know, every day at work. So it's it's not all just a bunch of bad guys that are, you know, one percenters. And so some of these guys that are that are new, that are trying to come up and, and do these things, you know, they only have the Internet and they only have the media as their reference point for it. And so, like you said, I, I you know, I cut a certain stature. Um, I, I have a certain look. And I've had guys who have not come up and shook my hand, n not because they're trying to be disrespectful, uh, but because they're afraid to. They don't know how to approach uh, uh, someone, uh, which is a damn shame because that's one of the first things my father taught me um, was, you know, how to, how to you know, introduce yourself to, to a man. Um, so there's that fear base a lot of times, like they don't even know how to come up and, and say like, Hey guys, we want to start this. If you're going to join a man's culture, you're going to have to put that bitch sit aside and man up and come and say, Hey guys, this is what we're about. 
that's that's one of the things that we've seen is that guys who are afraid to come correct because they just can't come out of their shell um and they're they're not interested in being one percenters they just guys who want to be you know together and they don't want to do their thing and they might make like a hoodie or a hat and um and try to call themselves like a social club or something and fly under the radar um you know but then operate like an mc you know so that's we see those kind of things pop up a lot every once in a while someone will just throw a, a patch on right away um that usually doesn't even need to be addressed because those guys suddenly disappear you know like a month later you know they, they it's a lot of work like like drifter said early on and they realize that and they go nah this isn't for me i think it normally comes with that first check or that first side eye from from like a dominant club or a really well-known club they looked at as like who the fuck is that from across the room and they're like hey guys i think we're in the wrong fucking business we need to fucking stop this right now and, and no, I, think I think it's even more than that whenever you just throw on a patch and you start rolling around you know you stop off at the local bar even the other clubs are going to be looking at you going hey motherfucker i did this the hard way i prospected who the fuck are you i don't even know you Exactly. You're, I think, you're um, way more likely to get checked by uh, a club who did it the right way, another 99% club, um, early on than you ever are by the dominant. You know, and then that's because there's, you know, there's there's risks and factors involved with, you know, that. But the you're way more likely to catch it from some righteous 99%ers um, who are going to say like, hey, man, what the fuck do you think you're doing over here? You know, I uh, there was a there was a guy that that I knew who was trying to bring his club, um, you know, another military guy. He was trying to bring his club that he had uh, helped start in Japan, and he was trying to bring that over here. Um, <laughs> you know, and he was he was kind of giving me that whole like, oh well, like it's already an established club. I'm just opening up a new charter. I was like, yeah, it's not the same, dude. Like that's not even in the same country. It's a little different. You know, and uh, the advice that I gave him is, hey, man, put your put your center patch on a pin and then put that pin on a blank cut on the pocket flap and then just start going out to, you know, going out to events and be like, hey, look, this is who I am. This is who we are. Uh, this is the club I'm in. And then before you even do that, you got to sit down with clubs in your area that you are going to share colors with, whether it's you share one color with them or all of them. Um, you know, you got to kind of get that blessing because from them as, you know, even being 99ers, because that's still massive disrespect to them because these colors and these patches and these designs, they mean something to us. It's not just something that looks cool. It's not just something that looks, you know, that makes me look like a badass. They, there's meanings behind that. And it's none of your fucking business what they are. You just know that I have the same patch set up or the same patch the similar patch design, the same colors, um, you know, so like you get that from, from the guys that you share your colors with, you get, you know, you get that little pin, you kind of introduce yourself, you kind of break yourself in slowly, um, and then work your way up to, I, I would highly recommend a 99% club. You get in with your local confederation of clubs or your local, uh, bikers rights group, uh, because we kind of police ourselves, like Tragic was saying, uh, the 99% community, we kind of try to police ourselves because the less time the one percenters spend being pissed off at a 99% club, the better it is for everybody. Because 
you don't know, you know, they might have a new transfer in from another state because of fucking whatever. So he's not going to know what's going on other than there's tension between like the 99% community and the 1% community. You know, let's let's look at it from, from the other point of view. So right now we're all talking about guys popping up and then how that affects the other clubs and up to the one percenters. But let's look at it from the top down. Sometimes you have these one percenters that okay clubs just so they can get money from them. And that has to stop just as well. Oh, goddamn right. And there's there's nothing I, I you know, we talk about, and, and Dave touched on it earlier with the, um, you know, can't blame, you know, SOA and the Mayans and all that, which is absolutely correct. Um, it, it, if you get blessed, and we've seen it in the inbox so many times uh, at Sucker Free, well, such and such name says we're good to go. So go fuck yourselves. Your opinions don't mean anything to us because they got it from, you know, a, a big club who said, hey, this is cool. And that club is using them as a breeding ground for, you know, to, to make new members to recruit from as a pool. They're using them to charging them to wear that support p- patch, um, things like that. And, and, and honestly, if there is something that the 1% community is doing to, to hurt it. It is that. It is using the infamy or status of their patch to say this is okay because who's going to say shit to them otherwise? Um, and then using that to profit um, and, and watering down our culture for the sake of, like you said, some extra money. Yeah, You can't be a support club one percenter. You cannot be a support club one percenter. Hey, you cannot be a support club one percenter. If the one percenter is the top of the motorcycle food chain, you cannot be somebody that supports another. T- how are you gonna be? How are you both gonna be at the top of the food chain? Like, but I support you, bro. That means he's above you right now. Until you decide to step up, he's your big brother. You can't be a support club one percenter. Knock it off. Not a thing. All right. So, so how about how about you, Andar? What uh, what what advice are you gonna give to um, you got you got a group of guys in your in your local town, you know, and they they bring up and they they give you a couple of wheels of cheese and they say, hey man, we wanna we wanna start a motorcycle club here. What what advice are you gonna give them? First of all, you can't be a one percent of support club. I'm gonna tell them. Um, second of all, come on to beat the shit out of that dead horse. Second of all, if they're vets, you can't be a vet club only. You can't be a specific only vet club. With a diamond, can't do it, and uh, don't steal another club's motto. That's important. Um, don't do that. It looks stupid. <laughs> and then don't give your diamond and that motto to your prospect. That's also stupid. Please don't do that. Second of all, tell me what you're interested in, so we can talk in, in this area, and I can see what you're bringing that I obviously missed that we don't have here. You've decided to start this motorcycle club. You obviously have done your research and your due diligence about my area. You know, please, please tell me what you're going to bring here that I didn't know we were lacking so that I can be educated too. Um, because if you can't do that, it's going to be a hard no for me. And I don't regulate pretty much anything in, in my area. That's not my lane. That's not what I do. Um, it's not where my club's at, but close enough to some things that it's going to be a hard no for me and uh it's probably going to be a hard no from the other people yeah. and don't, don't try to bring a, a an existing club from overseas over to the u.s to try to fast track your way straight to the top of the heap <laughs> that yeah, when has that ever worked never uh, i was gonna say so far in my experience i've seen that happen zero times uh, successfully i might add to add it out 
What's that? I said it worked once, but it was a uh, a support club that was brought over from Germany, and then uh, That's true. I said yeah. I can't it out. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. I have I have research to do. We'll tell you later. Yeah. So, so <laughs> hey guys, um, I know we should probably give our connection a couple, uh, at least a couple weeks heads up. Um, what are we, what are we going to talk about next time? Hey, can we, are we allowed to, um, do we have them for sure? Can we name drop on these people, on these five people that are listening? The, uh, the awesome people, the awesome shit that we have coming up that we're trying to get for, for the profiling show. Can we give those names or do we have to wait until we actually have them confirmed? Uh, I would wait until we have them confirmed because I do know that man is a busy individual. Well, let the reader let the listeners know that we have some heavy hitters in the profiling community, um, along with Tragic himself, who obviously is at one of the, uh, let's call it the, the tip of the spear, the forefront, whatever you want to say um, of it. So definitely going to be worth tuning in. Absolutely. Uh, and um, yeah, we're, we're going to have, uh, a, we're going to try to get two guests. Um, like, like Andrew was saying, um, one of them travels the country. Um, it's almost it, it is almost this man's job at this point to defend bikers' rights in the community, um, and then like like you said, we also got uh, tragic one percenter with the Save the Patch movement. Um, if you don't think that this affects you, even as a non-club guy, like you're not in a club, you don't want to be in a club, you just think hanging out with clubs is cool, or you don't even give a fuck and you're just listening to this podcast, listening to four motherfuckers ramble on about shit that doesn't matter to you. That's cool we appreciate that by the way but it matters it matters to you it should matter to you because it's going to affect you because once they take away the patch they're starting to already strip away the first amendment right and they're going to come for other other ways of our expression um and it starts with saving the patch uh and ending biker profiling um you know one percenters you know one percenter doesn't mean criminal and not all bikers are one percenters as well, right? So there was a uh, there was an article that we did. There was a write up that we did. Gosh, maybe last year or something like that. Um, and, and the guy wasn't in a club, and, and it, it wasn't in the states. So people pretend like they don't care. But it was it was in Canada. And homeboy was a longtime serving firefighter on like Ontario or Ottawa or something, Calgary, wherever it was, somewhere in Canada. He was a firefighter for like fifteen years, and he was fired because his his friend that he grew up with um, from like elementary school was a Hell's Angels, and he attended a a celebration party for that club. And because of that, he was then fired from his position. This wasn't a guy that was in a, he wasn't in a firefighters club. He wasn't in a support club. This was a, a school chum. And, and right or wrong, he went to that party and they said, you're fired because of that. Now, you know what? Maybe that dude was banging strippers and whatever else in the back room and stuff like that. But maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just a dude that was like, hey, we've been really good friends for a long time. And I want to attend your party because that's fantastic that you're proud of something that you've accomplished. And I'm your friend. I'm going to support that. And then somebody else said, we're going to fire you because of that. Like it's not on us to judge if you should be free to associate with whoever you want. And we can say, well, it's Canada. So F Canada and all of that. But it happens here, too. And I'm just saying it's one of the more high profile things that we published that that had to deal with it. But it can happen anywhere and it does happen anywhere. And it doesn't matter if you're doing anything wrong or not. You should be able to associate with whoever you absolutely want to. Absolutely. Uh, And I I remember that very well, actually. Um, Somebody did a really good write up on that. And yeah, it was just over a picture. This guy, you know, he wasn't even wearing... 
you know, club colors to support his, his buddy. He was just he was just there to support his friend through an accomplishment that was important to his friend. Um, and he ended up losing his career over it. Um, but yeah, and that's the and that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about. Um, like I said, we're we're going to try to get a couple people. We're going to get one at least minimum, uh, but we're going to try to get both of them on here to give you guys uh, just some tips, your rights uh, to go over your rights, um, how you can help support the cause, and uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on FreeMC on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, you guys got anything else for the listeners before we take off? Nope. Yeah, man. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys for this, uh, our first official episode of Four for the Road. Um, excuse the horrible hack job of the editing that I'm going to do because I made a big boo-boo. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you the next time we, uh, we record. And I promise this time we're going to get Andar to stick to the schedule that when we put out, we're just going to make it happen. <laughs> you guys have a great one. Thanks again.